Hey nerds, welcome to the first episode of the Spirited Nerds podcast. My name is Denise. I'm Mariah. Shauna. I'm David. And we are the Spirited Nerds. So grab a drink and join us for bi-weekly shows covering all things nerd culture. Each episode, we'll be sipping on a special cocktail to honor that week's theme. This week's cocktail is called the Butterfly. Fitting, right? All you'll need is one and a half ounces of lemon vodka, one ounce of blue curacao, three ounces of lemonade, 7-Up, and ice. As always, all of our cocktails can be made into mocktails or low-carb alternatives. Just follow us on Facebook or Instagram at The Spirited Nerds for the recipes. All right, so this week we're talking Peacemaker. Peacemaker's story really begins in the Suicide Squad where he debatably does the right thing for mankind and kills Rick Flagg, but then ends up getting shot and quote-unquote killed by Bloodsport. If you stayed after the credits, you'll know that Peacemaker is alive and well, and that's where this story begins. Peacemaker is released into the world only to be rounded up by his new crackpot team for the latest mission, Project Butterfly. We're introduced to his racist to a fault father, Augie, team leader, and we'll get to that later, uh, Clemson Mern, double agent, Amanda Waller's daughter, Leota Adebayo, badass Amelia Harcourt, and tech guy, John Economos. The real star, of course, is fan favorite, Eagly. So today we're going to be going through episodes one through four. Uh, if you haven't seen any of them yet, or if you really don't want anything spoiled for you, probably best to go ahead and turn it off now because we're going to get pretty in-depth with it. All right, so let's get into it. So you all have strong feelings on the intro. I don't. Discuss. <laughs> yeah, no, I first watched it and I thought it was super weird and like was not into it at all. But then I read that uh, James Gunn was saying that with each episode, it might change with how the, the series gets a little bit darker. Um, so, but, so I, I heard that I watched second and third and then on the fourth one, I rewatched it based on that information. And I kind of liked it more the fourth time around because I kind of got into the characters a little bit. Like I, I learned about them. I kind of had a connection with them. So I was like, oh, okay, this is actually kind of funny. I kind of like it. But then I watched the podcast that they're doing, and he said that they're actually, it's, it maybe it's not changing, but it's, as the things get darker, like, as you watch it, it doesn't, like, sit well anymore, because it's so weird and, like, odd, so it kind of, your feelings about the intro will change as the story gets a little bit darker and, and weirder. So, we'll so you're see. saying there's going to be like some dissonance later where we're like, why is this poppy great intro happening? And then death yeah. and mayhem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When I saw it the first time, I saw all the arrows pointing to everybody and I got super excited because I know, I know James Gunn. So I was like, there's no, these arrows aren't here for no reason. They're, they're not coming out of the sides for no reason. This whole thing being choreographed the way it is. I figured this is James Gunn doing what he's done as far as, I know him uh, from his career in Marvel and and with the Suicide Squad. And for me, the very end of it with Eagly is just kind of like the icing on the cake. I know everybody doesn't share that feeling, but I I love that bird. I love what he does at the end. I love his whole look at me kind of like, hey, I'm here. I, I, I like the whole thing he's doing. Yeah, I know you mentioned he like stepped forward. Sorry, when I rewatch it, he's like, and he kind of like one more time and did it. I was like, oh yeah, he's cute. It's like, I'm on my spot. I made my mark. <laughs> <laughs> and to your point, David, too, when I was watching back the second time, um, I didn't realize, but Judo Master just pops up out of the floor. Like, I yeah. assumed, I wasn't watching him the first time, and I just assumed he, like, you know, came on in a dance feature, like, through the walls like everybody else. But, um, and this is, again, spoiler alert, but, like, in that episode where he pops up in the forest, it's right out of the floorboard. So it's, like, beat for beat straight from an episode, and it's already sh being shown to us in the introduction and in that interdance number, and it's just great. Denise, also, this is definitely what teens... Did he, he she didn't notice any of that shit. She... <laughs> I, I did not. Your thoughts? I don't have thoughts. You know my thoughts. No. I watched it the first time because I had to. I didn't, I'm always, I'm a skip intro girl. So, all right. Um, episode one, a whole new world. So after making a miraculous recovery, Peacemaker returns home only to find that his freedom came at a price. So I didn't look this up. I really meant to. 
the fact that in Suicide Squad, like the doctor says, he gets shot, a building falls on him, and he walks away with just a broken collar. I know nothing about Peacemaker. I didn't really get a chance to Google, so I don't know what powers he has. But in these episodes, he's constantly getting shot and stabbed and, you know, falling from buildings that we'll talk about. So I don't know if anybody had a chance to look up his powers. Like, not that. Like, he doesn't have, like, super healing or anything. I refuse to. Um, I... Oh, okay. <laughs> I I made a choice when I was when I went to go see the Suicide Squad. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm not gonna look all of these characters up, so I'm just gonna let James give them to me as he wants to. Um, I don't know Peacemaker's background. I don't know his if he has a rogue gallery or if he's a good or bad guy or anti-hero. All I know is what James has given us, and I like it that way because um, this is one of the things where I don't feel like he's popular enough. To for for any preconceived notion you have of him to actually hold any water, mm-hmm. so I, I kind of like the fact that I don't know anything about him. I definitely didn't like him in Suicide Squad at all. Like no, like no opinion. Didn't really care for him at all. But I, I really like how this character development is coming with him. Yeah, the backstory. What I will say is every single, like, late throughout the episode, every single time he landed, you could hear that crunch. I had a very, like, visceral reaction to it. I was like, oh, ah, oh, like, no, oh, God, like, what's going on with the <laughs> yeah. collarbone? That was definitely episode two, and I had that same thing. My thought was, I don't know who this stuntman is, but he's not making enough. Also, the sound guy. Congratulations. You got my, you, yeah. you did it. You, you made me cringe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I definitely got to a point where I had to cover my ears like a like I was a little kid. Yeah, couldn't watch yes. it anymore. Also, I just want to really quickly shout out the fact that um, my Canadian actor guy shows up in the very first scene there, the janitor. He is ubiquitous in Canadian television, and my husband makes fun of me because I can immediately call out like B, C, D list actors who are Canadian quickly in shows and be like, "That's filmed in Canada." Well, shit's Creek. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> definitely made names for himself. Ray and So immediately, I was like, "This is a Canadian. This is definitely a Canada joint." And I looked it up, and they're filming just outside Vancouver. So I was like, "I see you. I see you, Ray from Shit's Creek." Not his real name. So yeah, episode one. As he's getting out of jail, going home, getting reestablished, we meet his father for the first time. Mm-hmm. Who I have thoughts on i think in episode no actually it was it was this one it was at the end of it but when he was in there getting the helmets from his dad Mm -hmm. again knowing nothing about this character and i know that james gunn wrote augie for um this this actor that racism was not expecting it (laughs) the way it slid cleanly cleanly off of his tongue and then i watch everything in closed captions too yeah so hearing it and reading it <laughs> it was like damn double homicide it just took me out and the way he said it again i was like Shh. so and then going to the actors his twitter page because i i haven't seen really a lot of things he's in and he's like christian dad you know he's, and everybody's like are you okay playing that it's such a dark part are you fine he's like oh, yeah it's, it's acting I'm, I'm fine like it's yeah he's just like i'm an actor this is my job and i feel comfortable with it that's still gotta be tough though it has to be yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, he's convincing. Like I have no warm and fuzzies toward that that man at all. That character. He's like he's every not. scene he's in. I'm like, wow, you are just loathsome. Like, there's zero redeeming qualities about him. It's crazy. I felt it was a a breath of fresh like like fresh air to see somebody who's just racist and not trying to hide it behind anything or use any kind of weird side talk. He. Like when he opened the door and he was talking to the detective and he was just like, ah, you're Asian. I don't like you. Give me that. Let me know from the back, like off the jump, if if, if that's what I'm dealing with. Because I don't want to find out down the line that you hate me because of the color of my skin. Let me know from the, from the get go. So but doesn't like that it. say something with what's going on in the world right now, though? You know, at, since Trump's bit was, you know, elected and the Proud Boys and everyone's just so open and, and vocal about being racist or who they are like it's it's totally what is going on in the world right now like that is not as surprising or shocking that he is so open based on the current events of yeah 
what's going totally. on in the US. So. And then like and then you say like when we find out later on down the line, I guess he was he was a super villain fighting for his right to be that kind of racist was Yeah. Yeah. White dragon. Yeah. <laughs> like the little sprinklings too of like Pepe the Frog and like Facebook wouldn't lie to me. Like throughout the whole series we get that. And also did anybody else notice, and I know we're kind of jumping, but, like, did anybody else notice at the end of episode, dude, um, Leota and Kia are eating with chopsticks? And I was like, I see you, James Gunn. I see you. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. No. <laughs> I was that. like, they're, they're eating their dinner with chopsticks. And I was like, there you go. Okay. Okay. Reminder, like, they're just, they're outside the box, according to Augie Smith. We'll call him for now. Um. I am sure we're going to move on pretty soon, but like, can I just really call out a couple of things that I really loved about this episode? Of course. Number one, I loved the actual literal use of gaslighting in the episode where he's like, do you hear that something? And she's like, no, what something? And it's like, that's like the origin of the whole phrase is like worked into that episode. I thought that was brilliant. Um, And also the scene where he's like dancing in um the room afterwards singing into the microphone like i know yeah. my husband didn't understand that that is a very widely understood vibrator in the female community <laughs> like that's a vibrator he's singing into very like cozied up to so i just thought that was hilarious and i feel like a lot of the audience probably didn't get that joke but i sure did yeah it's, yeah. Not, it's not a back massager it's it's you know, no, and husband know. definitely thought he was. He was just like, "Oh, that's a massager, right?" And I was like, "No, it is, but not for where." Yeah, not really. <laughs> not oh, yeah, the way that was you think it is. I, I enjoy the John Cena dancing around his underwear. I was husband, say, not so much impressed, but I, I was all for it. <laughs> I was one of my favorite parts was also, I guess, in that block of time. I like to think that they sat in that writer's room for a long time trying to think of what he was going to yell when he came and freedom was just kind of a head nod between everybody in the room. (laughs) Did anybody else get real William Wallace vibes though? I was just like, this is some Braveheart shit for sure. (laughs) (laughs) When he yelled it, I tried to think of like, why would he, is there anything else I would have wanted to hear him say? No, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that fits. I do want to add before we move on here. Um, the helmet, the sonic boom. That was I, I was not expecting that at all. That was fucking dope. Like it just totally ripped her to shreds. And then following it, like right after they had the love bomb baby song go on, it was like, oh yeah, this is perfect. Like that was so cool. I I yeah. was not expecting him to do that, yeah. and then her to just like <laughs> melt. Like that was so awesome. Definitely loved the way he incorporates music into what he's doing. He's very uh, mindful of that. It's pretty awesome. Um, That episode did have me wanting to get hugs from animals, um, including my cat, who is not feeling giving me a hug at all. But when Eagly hugged him, what'd you say? Catly? Is that your name? No. No. But when Eagly hugged him, I was like, why can I not get a hug from a tiger? Or... why can I not have an orangutan just walk up to me and just put his arms around me? You haven't built that kind of relationship with him. <laughs> yeah, it's my fault. It's, it's my fault. Come okay. on, Denise, step it up. But also, like, as Capital, did anybody else, like, when Eagly, like, brings him food at the end of the episode, and Eagly's like, it's okay, buddy, I got yeah. you, here's some, here's some mm-hmm. possum. Like, did anybody else as Cat People be like, oh, Eagly. <laughs> Uh, episode two. So after Peacemaker's hazardous escape, tension and mistrust build within the team as his as Peacemaker grapples with his new assignment. He receives a surprise visitor. Um. So, like I said, we already talked about it, but the one thing that stood out to me was just that whole escape thing. I that was such a tension building yeah. shot by shot. Every time he jumped from the balcony or from a window, I just oh oh. My husband even yelled, there's no oh, yeah. way no one shot him. <laughs> like, they missed every single shot. Yeah. <laughs> he ran so far. <laughs> yes. And not even that, but then the getaway, when they were driving the car away, and then all those bullets, and no one was getting shot. And I was yeah. like, no one, shoot, no one shot them. No one was calling for backup for this car that is speeding down. And I know it's part of the plot, and it is what it is, and I'll let it go. But yeah, I was just like, show. nobody? Yeah, I would have rather them just kind of said, oh, damn it, he got away, than them then just shoot 
indiscriminately into the street and miss everything. Yeah. Well, not not everything. They shot out the windows, but, you know, everything that mattered, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watching back, all I could think of is, like, why is everything green? Everything in that person, everything in the butterflies apartment is green. Everything in the background scenes are green. And like, honestly, if you watch back and see like every background in almost every scene that I've seen now is green, except for their like HQ that they've eventually established. So I feel like there's got to be some messaging there. I just don't know what it is quite yet. But like that whole place is green in that apartment and it looks like a rental. And you know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that's a nightmare to paint over. So, like, it caught my attention right away. <laughs> Who's going to pay for that repaint, you know? I've watched all those episodes, like, six times. I never noticed the yeah. the coloring in the background. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. I, I literally, like, I'm literally watching it like, oh, my God, who's going to pay for that to be painted over when you move out? Because it looks like an apartment rental. And I'm like, that's insane. But then, like, as I watched through, it was just, like, every background is green. Or there's green in every background. Just, like, keep your eyes out for it. Hmm. We'll have to. We'll have to. Okay. Personally. Yeah, that was, I mean, like I said, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm. Oh, now she's drinking. drinking the second, <laughs> if I'm thinking of it right, the second episode is when he ties up the husband and wife. And if, if yeah, that's where I'm at, yes. that was my favorite shit ever. When <laughs> the fight, so yeah. the fight the two of them so were good. having while he was trying to tie them up was fucking amazing. <laughs> I was just thinking the whole time, like, way to go amber know your worth girl like know what you want and when he acknowledged he was like well how am i supposed to feel you're sitting here coming on to this really hot cool guy that's tying us up (laughs) my favorite part about that was he knew he was coming and my my guy knew he was claustrophobic and he was like i am going to have such bad anxiety attacks and had to try to control his breathing yeah (laughs) as he was being tied up yeah i also thought it was pretty hilarious that um, Amber during the course of that fight is just like you're a murderer because he listens to Foster the People and he likes that pumped up kick song and then she ends up as we know in bed with murderers <laughs> and I was just like hmm, interesting that's a flip yeah that's a guy cool. who told her to her face like I would have killed you for this two years ago <laughs> <laughs> right uh, one thing I want to talk about with uh, episode two which I know Denise uh, you had some interest in vigilante and um learning about that character is they mentioned Batmite, which I only know him from playing Brave and the Bold's video game. And he's just such an obscure character. And I, as we continue to watch, we, we hear all these others. And so I, I thought that was pretty funny and um, kind of interesting to see what else we hear kind of moving forward um because you know we vigilante batmite as we will talk later about some other characters that we meet or some other characters they name um i mean even if we watch the the suicide man new polka dot man like there's all these kind of characters that are not widely popular um in dc so I, i think it's interesting that we're starting to get all these name drops um of you know these characters that are are researchable and people don't know and it's kind of cool to be look them up and be you know uh, kind of learn a little bit more about some of these characters in, in DC and stuff. So I, I like that we're we're getting some name drops here of these obscure. Yeah, one of my favorite things to do is if I go into a comic book shop is not to look for the newer comics. I definitely love Bronze and Silver Age because the characters were just so over the edge, out of this world. We're just gonna reach in and pull out of our hat and just figure out what comes up. So when they're talking about Doll Man and Batmite. And some of these other characters, like you said, that you wouldn't know. And they're thinking of these origin stories and these these powers that they have and these worlds that they live on. They're just so outlandish. They're nothing like we are used to now or the, the bigger characters that we see. They're like mm-hmm. the C and D cut <laughs> ones. But they are, to me, the most interesting ones. Um, and I love that he's pulling them out. Marvel does a, a good job of that, of reaching in and just pulling out characters, not the mainstream ones that you know of, and pulling out those ones from back in the day and then bringing them into the light. Um, and I love that James Gunn brought that to the DC universe mm-hmm. because yeah. they, we just keep hearing about the same ones, Justice League, um, you know, Dark Side, Superman, mm-hmm. all of this, the same people. Yeah. So it's nice that he is pulling in, like you said, the polka dot mans of the world and seeing that that is a real person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not a paid promotion, but if you order a loot crate, they have that obscure book of all these like failed 
um, superhero. Like, you have that book, Denise. Yeah, they have the heroes and the villains, yeah. Was it the regrettable villains, or? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I also think it's just fun because it's, like, the DC universe, like, that we see in film, like, the DC cinematic universe, I guess, is so, so dark um that it's kind of a nice reminder that like they got goofy they did some fun things like it wasn't all dark all the time with dc so i do think that it's nice to kind of bring that back up to the service as well yeah definitely my my biggest takeaway from episode two didn't have anything to do with peacemaker um it was more about adebayo um when she realizes, well, A, you know, in, in the first episode, I believe, is when she was talking to her mom, which we find out then is Amanda Waller. But um, past that, we start to see, you know, she's she's really learning that the life she wants and the life that she's kind of putting herself into is something that she can't have. So when she, you know, when she finds out, hey, look, you know, it's not good for you to have your girl here because when shit jump off you don't want the people you care about around, you know, that kind of situation. And then she's got to, you know, they basically end up splitting off and she goes away and, and she starts to learn, okay, you know, I'm, I'm really in this shit now. So I think that episode for her, at least was the biggest swing in, in character arc that I've seen so far. And I'm sure it's going to, I'm excited to see where it goes towards the end of the yeah. season. Yeah. So I had more thoughts on Adebayo in in episode four. I think that's when I was that's when I really started to like take a harder look at her character. But we'll save that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely have an end of series prediction with her. So we'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's actually a good uh, transition to episode three, David. When you're talking about the that is a good way to come at somebody. Yeah. Um, because Senator Goff did say that to Peacemaker while he was torturing Vigilante. He said, I know with humans the way to get to you. I'm I'm torturing you, the alpha person, and I know this is the way to get to you because I know as a human, I need to come back to the people you love, not you. Right. So, yeah, I'm going to torture your friend and have you sit here and watch it. And you really don't see, like, heroes or the teams have, like, a couple, like, involved at all. So already it was, like a bad sign like she's got like her wife with her like during all this action and this mission it already kind of was like i've never seen that before that yeah I- and it's it's actually kind of surprising because i'm like does your mom know you brought your wife and your dogs with you because yeah. i feel like she would not have signed off on that yeah no and see that's what told me that this is going to be a darker show than i thought it was going to be at first because when she showed up with her wife and her dogs and it, it kind of gave it the vibe of, you know, the, okay, this is going to be, like, super fun and lighthearted. And then when she got that first knock on the window. The going to be nice. And- right. Yeah, like, her expectations versus what was actually going to happen. Like I said, when Harcourt hit that window, like, yo, we got we to gotta fucking go. And then she was like, yo, look, you, you're going to get them killed. And I think that was the start of her kind of realizing, okay, you know what? This ain't fun. I'm in the shit now. So all that training I've gotten, uh, it, I, it's time to apply it. So I think yeah. she's going to take a turn when we get more towards the end. Yeah. Not even that, that, but the training that she thought she had, like homegirl looked her in her face and said, that's kindergarten <laughs> shit. Like what the fuck else are you bringing to the table? Because yeah. your training isn't anything. It's going to get us killed. So I think she's got that dealing with where she's coming in thinking, like you said, she's, she's got this shit going for her. And they're like, no, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And not only that, but then just hearing how everyone hates her mother. Yeah. everyone hates her mother yeah the more i heard that being said to her face i was like man in the way they would cut to her face mm-hmm. every time someone else said something about waller i was like she is learning a lot yeah. <laughs> on this mission poor thing so yeah i think she had a i think she had a general idea but not that yeah and i think yeah. I, again i kind of jumping ahead i think in episode four is where that really comes to like a really perfect like foil situation but um before we move on and i don't know if mariah and denise you are as familiar with like the watchman but i think david you know the watchman pretty well um yeah correct me if i'm wrong but like did anybody else like in the first two episodes there were two specific instances where i got watchman vibes and watchman is dc so that was really interesting and hbo just had that series which was amazing but like in the very first episode they had the blood dripping down the pc goal and that gave me like smiley face blood dripping vibes right out of watchmen 
And it comes back again, I thought, in the shootout scene in episode two where hit where Peacemaker and Vigilante are just like pop, 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 like just shooting up random shit and they shoot up a smiley face. And again, I was like, this is giving me Watchmen vibes again. And so I don't know if that's something I don't I didn't pick up anything in episode three necessarily that like really gave me those Watchmen vibes. But now I like I feel like subliminally I've been alerted to the fact like there's some there's some things happening here behind the scenes. Um, yeah, James is definitely pulling in some different things to create this series. So I, yeah. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised. I haven't heard anything, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> he hasn't called you in. He hasn't called me. <laughs> he hasn't called me out the details. But like, hey, James, let's chat. No, no yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I feel like a lot of it, um comes to the fact that when you if you've read Watchmen or, or seen that whatever I'll down that hill terrible movie or seen the show it, they're regular people and I think a lot of that comes with Peacemaker where he there's no super soldier serum it's not a government experiment he's just a guy who decided I'm gonna go out and fight crime and that when you look at the Watchmen that's what a lot of them were too so I don't know if, if that's gonna connect somehow but I can see the parallels in it yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, and also just like Rorschach as a character being somebody who is kind of deep state, but like becomes a clumsy sort of hero and like ends up on the other side because of his big unveil. Like, I mean, I just feel like there's there's material here that is kind of alluding to that kind of um, story. And I, I haven't thought too much into it, but I just keep getting these visual reminders of this other piece of the DC universe. And um, I just think it's worth calling out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I could see vigilante and Rorschach getting along a lot. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I feel like they'd actually get along very well. And that, I th- what was, I don't, it was episode one or two, I think when peacemaker and vigilante were talking, and he was talking about the, kind of, the types of people he kills and he got to people that do graffiti. And he was like, do I enjoy killing, you know, graffiti artists? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you do kind of sound like Rorschach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like the like the insistence on the mask. Like he's so tied into it. Like, I, yeah, that is definitely some Rorschach vibes from Vigilante. Great call out. Yeah. So let's move on to episode three. Things are getting juicy. Uh, yeah, uh, so episode three, so summary, on their first official mission to assassinate suspected butterflies, Economos and Mum bond, the Peacemaker and Hardcore reach an understanding, and the whole job goes sideways with one of my favorite characters, Judo Master's arrival. So, I will say, I watched this in the first, ran through it in the first time, so in my second rewatch, I watched Mern as closely as I could in every episode, trying to figure out <laughs> How I can tell that this man is a butterfly? Like, where are they sleeping it in? He's a butterfly. Oh, he's a butterfly. So <sighs> I feel like this. <laughs> I feel like this definitely is the episode where we start to see that. Yeah, he's trying to tell us to watch Mern. Like Peacemaker already said in the beginning, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, for all we know, you could be a butterfly, and then it turns out he is. Um, he's starting to confess to um. Economos, who I keep wanting to call Die Beard. I hate that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> that he's never shared emotions, don't know what emotions are, has no need for them. And when the were outside when they were outside the senator's house, like watching him waiting to strike, as soon as he heard what that goo was, mm-hmm. the way he jumped up and was like, They're all butterflies, take them all out. Like he already knew what they were. Yeah. Totally. I will say back in um episode two though. When Harcourt, they're like trying to figure out who's the double agent or who made them. Harcourt tells Mern, well, you brought the butterflies to our attention. And I was like, well, right there. Like no one else knew about this but him. And here we go. He's one. So definitely have a lot of questions about him, how he knew Amanda Waller. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But like it's... when you look at that map at the end of the episode and how yeah. many there are, it's like yeah. there are, what, four or five of you? How in the world? Yeah. What is this what mission? Is? Been, they're not going to kill them all. It's not like there was, yeah, one or two. There's thousands, no. millions. Yeah. So what is this mission really about? Who knows? 
Yeah. And I thought that too. I was like, this is clearly not a one and done. But then now that I'm thinking back to it, if I'm looking at the map in my mind, it really is like there's pink and red. So it it could be that we are now being drawn into like an alien invasion slash alien (laughs) civil war on Earth as well between the butterflies. And so um, Waller's chosen a side and now needs to really stick to it. Yeah. So like, what are your thoughts on Peacemaker? Like, having trouble taking the shot it showed that he does have a side like he keeps trying to say like how big and bad he is and want peace 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 Mm -hmm. but he doesn't understand what this mission is so i understand him not wanting to take the shot nothing is disturbing peace in this situation for him so why am i killing children yeah i do love that vigilante was like hey move over i got this and yeah, he was so yeah, calm about it. Oh my god! It. Complete Deadpool <laughs> vibes with him just happily yeah. humming and pulling the trigger, one shot, one kill type of thing. Like it, <laughs> yes. It. I mean, I literally heart smiled in that moment. I just. Well, like, well, like Shauna said before, like Vorshak, like, look, okay, man, I get it. What needs to happen is too heavy for you. Get out of the way, and just calm as he slicing bread just shoots a little girl in the face i'm like okay well shit <laughs> yeah and like the gentleness the the absolute like gentleness it was like a like a parent being like it's okay baby like just hand, yeah. me, hand me the sniper rifle i got you and then just <laughs> takes them all out and just da, 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 and goes about his day like it was in the middle of a song when he got the swing the swing of those two it was wild was wild like he has such care and love for peacemaker and absolute no remorse no empathy for any other person yeah, on the planet. Yeah. he did what needed to be done and that was absolutely amazing um judo master I feel like I'm the only person who has no feelings about this character. You have no feelings about Judo Master? Not one. He's just like hanging out, eating his hot Cheetos, and then just kicks your ass. (laughs) I love him. Um, He is super thankful for this role because he feels like it's giving representation for people like him. Because people thought he was CGI. Like he is, like that's not him. That's not his size. And he's like, no, this is absolutely my size i'm 100 percent comfortable with my size and i think it's great that i have this role so that people of my size are represented because when you look at asian men in movies right now someone of my size on the screen kicking ass the way i'm kicking ass i'm yes more of that please so i love that and i love the fact that he always has a bag of cheetos in his hands he i i love him and then what's a cheeto um and then james said that he actually i think they're writing they wrote a bigger part for him because the more he was in the show the more they loved his character so they wrote him into the show more so we're definitely going to see more of him david so um which i'm fine with (laughs) sorry to burst your bubble what do you think he was going to say about the butterflies before he was shot i have no idea i feel like it's a civil war situation I feel like there are, I mean, just like people, I feel like there are butterflies that came here initially to do the wrong thing, and there were other ones that came to do the right thing, and the right thing, I feel like maybe um, aren't the ones that found Waller, because Judo Master seems very dedicated to what he's doing, and he also felt like it was necessary in the middle of a fight to explain why they're there, and he got plugged in the chest by Amanda Waller's daughter. So I feel like, and she knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. She knows the entire picture. Cause I'm, cause Waller told her that she was like, Hey, look, don't forget the big picture. Don't forget why I put you there. So I feel like there's, there's, Especially since there's two so different scared sides. Yeah. She's so scared of what's going on. And then she just like popped the guy in the chest. Yeah. Absolutely. Same. And it was, I mean, we're jumping ahead to episode four, but 100% on board with all of this. And it sounds like David and I are team. Oh, that was all episode four? Yeah, we got to stop skipping ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we we skipped ahead a little bit. I, I, you know, when I binge watched all of it. So to me, it's all one episode at this point. Like, episode three is definitely like, pop, 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 all the butterflies. The Baron's. Dane Bear family is dead, and then the butterfly. I was not expecting that that it was going to come out of the brain. Like I thought, maybe it was more of a body thing, not that they're like controlling the 
the body from the brain. I, I, I don't know what anyone else's thoughts are on that, but I was not expecting to actually be a butterfly come out of the face. I felt like that part made sense because they got to eat somehow. And when you see the, the butterfly kind of, I know there's a scientific name for it. I know I learned it in school. I don't fucking know it anymore. But the, the mm-hmm. tongue thing that comes like out. Like a right? lizard. Kind of, uh, I don't know what it's called. But. Well, like butterflies, like they unroll them to eat. I don't know what it's called. But it was right, right. there. So I figured it had to be in his in his head at least. But Yeah, it was definitely like the heebie-jeebies. I was like, Probosis. I don't like this. Okay, but, David. Sorry. A butterfly's tongue is called a proboscis, proboscis, proboscis. Learn something new every day. The more you know. Well, with that, let's just. But wait, no, 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 because still, I have something (laughs) on episode three. One more thing. I did. Did anyone notice that after Mern blew the door up, like he blew himself up on purpose? Don't take that from me. It was fine. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't. I'm sorry. No. What? Or to make sure. Oh yeah, he's gonna get made. Like. He went yes. there, the guy would be like, I know. I, know I didn't know catch that, that the first time. I know that you know that we're both butterflies. Also, are we going to blow right by Wookiees having teeth in oh, their butt? The, the Wookiees with the teeth. Are we going to blow right yeah, by Yeah, what are we talking about? We're trying to figure out if that's actually real or if that's just another thing he found on the internet. Yeah, I Googled it. <laughs> I couldn't find anything. So I have to All imagine right, that's so just one of those things that doing is just making up canon now. Okay. All right, then I guess on to episode four. We've all been trying to talk about know, episode four. He's already time. spoiled down to episode four. <laughs> you just can't talk about the rest of the episodes without. About A lot that. happened in four. Ugh. It did. Like, if they were going to have a mid season yeah. finale, this was it, you know? Thankfully, we're not hanging. Thank, thankfully we're not doing any yeah. of that nonsense with so one of the big things that come out of episode four is when Peacemaker comes back into his dad's house and the news is running and you hear Charlie the silverback gorilla has escaped from the zoo mm-hmm. which we know that's not just a random that's in there for a reason um, there are two theories yeah. right now as to who this gorilla is one gorilla I know and have heard of and people think Meh, maybe it is maybe it's not gorilla Zod Grod <clears throat> did not Grod. mean gorilla Zod I yeah, can't no. think of who the second one was that, th- that people think it is. David, do you know? Nope, but it's probably him. I don't know. But He's not going to make James it as Gunn, obvious as It's probably Brock. some obscure... Yeah, yeah, it's some obscure, like, gorilla 15 people know about, and they're going to get super excited, and then the rest of us are going to have to fucking Google it. <laughs> probably. Noted. So <laughs> Probably, but do you think, like, a butterfly is going to take over this gorilla? I think it did. I think it already has. And that's why the gorilla escaped. I don't think it was like, it was stolen. I think he's left. Do you guys remember back in episode one, they did a close up of a caterpillar on a branch before they went into the butterfly's home where John Cena was fucking the girl. So, so yeah. I think it's Mr. Mind. And if you know about Mr. Mind, at the end of Shazam, they showed Mr. Mind talking about like taking over the multiverses and James Gunn is quoted saying that one of the characters from the show would make another appearance in an upcoming DC film. And with the butterflies, the caterpillar reference, I think that Mr. Mind is going to be tied in to, to all of this. So now I gotta go back and watch this again. So you don't have to watch this again. Just don't watch the after credit scene. Yeah, no. I was going to say, I believe you hook, line, and sink. No, I refuse after to credit watch his name again. Google the after credit scene is all you got to see. <laughs> but butterflies, the, then that okay. close-up of the caterpillar. When I first saw it, I thought it was weird. But then after watching episode four, and then re-watching one, I was like, okay, this kind of makes sense. So my prediction is that Mr. Mind is behind, behind all this. So we'll see. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm on board. I'm willing to see this through. That sounds good. The Vegas money on Mr. Mind. Okay. Yeah. But that seems right up James Alley, so I I, I would take yeah. it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If only one of four of us know who it is, that's who James Gunn is going to pull from the archive. <laughs> <laughs> Two of my favorite scenes in this whole series ap- happened in this episode. The first is when uh, Peacemaker did, before he went to the house... And the neighbor is talking to him and like, you know, Batman has supervillains. Like, who are your supervillains? And he gets in the neighbor's face and calls Batman a pussy because 
Batman doesn't even kill people. He lets the heroes go to prison, break out, kill more people where he beats them up and puts them back in prison. It's the same thing over and over again. So he needs to actually kill people. So that was one of my favorite scenes. And then it was funny, you know, when James was doing his uh, Peacemaker watch party, he actually said DC actually objected to Batman being called a pussy. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, but not to Aquaman fucking fish. Fine with that. Batman is not a pussy, but when he said, no, I really want this in, they obviously let it happen. So (laughs) there are a lot of opinions on if Batman kills and should he kill and why doesn't he kill? And Well, in this timeline, he doesn't based on what Peacemaker's saying. So, yeah. And honestly, like, good for DC for, like, you know, giving up the reins a little bit. Like, yeah, like, let him let him let him say the things like. Up to this point, DC has not really wowed fans, I think, in the cinematic sphere, you know? So I think that giving us this type of debate, like, dropping names and calling out their shit, like, I think it's time for DC fans to be able to, like, for DC to let fans have that dialogue in a public space. Yep. By which I mean on screen. Yeah. I I think that as tight as they hold the reins on all of their movies and as much as all of their movies have failed i feel like hopefully they see getting james gunn to come over and do that stuff and i i don't say that i see the issues he had with marvel um as a good thing but i feel like that's part of the reason he was able to kind of jump ship from marvel go to dc because marvel basically let him go over those tweets that resurfaced but um, him showing them like, hey, look, we can have this kind of freedom, and we can trust the fans. It like, you don't need the big names. You don't need Batman and Superman all the time. Just give them something that they can relate to. Give them something cool, and fuck it, give them something to discover. Because if there's one thing that nerds love more than what they know, is what they don't know. Is 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 that deep dive into shit. So give it to them. And let him figure it out. And I think that he's done a really good job with that. And like you said before, Mr. Mind, I don't know what the fuck that is. I'm going to look it up after this. <laughs> again, I'm not watching Shazam again. But I will Google it. <laughs> yeah, like you said, finding things out. Like, who among us has not seen a new Marvel trailer come out and paused it and watched it frame by frame? What does that say in his eyeball? Like, right. what, what reflection am I looking at? What does that mean? Like that Batman, the Batman trailer trying to decode the Riddler's message. No. So yes, we're all about trying. Yeah. That's the exciting part about it. I think David, you hit it when it's like, trust the fans. Yeah. Just trust them. Like you don't have to, you don't have to treat us like we're precious. You don't have to treat your IPs like they're precious. Like trust the fans. They, they are going to, um, that you might split them, but you're going to have very passionate camps. On the most side. important part of the season, of the episode four. What's that? Mern is a butterfly. Oh, so, yeah. Well, we've already talked about it, but that is like the shock of the... When he did that, it, it didn't surprise me. At all? I was... I was, I, didn't, I, I was shocked. I didn't think he was. Just watching it blindly the first way through, but then going back and rewatching it, I was, things I picked up on, but I didn't. So not I felt like somebody was a butterfly from the beginning because it was like, okay, well, the, all these butterflies are here, and apparently they've infiltrated the government. One of them is going to be one. It didn't surprise me when Mern was one because to this point, I I feel like there are two different sets of these aliens, and I think the biggest mystery that they want to take us on. Is, is Myrna a good guy or a bad guy? And I feel like whichever one of them ended up being a butterfly, in my eyes, I think that was the journey. Not so much as who's going to be one. It's, are they, you know, are they a villain or are they here trying to help us? In Judo Master's eyes, they're good. So I have to say for me, like the character, like like you were saying, David, like, are they a villain? Are they a hero? Like, for me, the standout performance... Oh, there's actually two standout performances of this episode. One is Vigilante, and one is Leota Adebayo. And for me, yeah. 
this episode made me completely rethink what I knew about this person. She so seamlessly manipulated Vigilante. It was such a, it was such a Waller move to just blatantly send him out to kill somebody. And like, well, that's what needs to be done. And I just was in that moment like, oh shit, she might be up to a lot more than I've given her credit for up to this point. So her character development in this episode was amazing. And the foil between her and um, Peacemaker before she sends him into the jail talking about how, you know, we really want our parents to be good, but sometimes they're just assholes. Like, I was like, she does she know she's looking in a mirror? Like I, I ha- like all of a sudden I'm questioning yeah. every yeah. scene she's in. Her and Peacemaker in. have the same kind of upbringing. They're like these right. evil parents, and they both kind of want to be good, right? Yeah. Because and- I remember, like, while you want to see Peacemaker's dad as inherently evil because he's racist. I do remember in the first Suicide Squad watching Amanda Waller kill a room of government officials because I, I still don't know why. I, I remember she just murdered everybody in the room and left. And so to hear that stuff, you know, to hear everybody say that stuff about her mom and to kind of get her to internalize that, but then also work it to her advantage almost seamlessly was scary to me. Yeah, she took that turn. Really I, I hate quick. that it happened to Vigilante. Like he just he you can tell he just wants to love and latch on and just have a friend so bad. And she knew it. And she took advantage yeah. of him. And I yeah. hate that she took advantage of him the way she did. It didn't take a yeah. lot for him to go in there and do that. And while I yeah. say, you know, I wish I had a friend like that. I, I know I do. Denise knows him. But Mike mm-hmm. would do something like that for me. And I, and I love him to death for it. But to see him just say, okay, you know what? My friend needs me, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to jail real quick, kill his dad, bing, bang, boom, I'm done, and then I'm out. She did, I mean, to where she says I convinced him to do it, I think she didn't have to do as much as she thought she did. Yeah, but it, like, it really made me, it made me question everything to this point. Like, it, is she who she's presenting to be like to this point? Like you just believe wholeheartedly that she really is just in over her head and she's just a good person. But now I'm looking back and I'm like, yeah, what is she's, she knows a lot. And if she can yeah. manipulate him so easily yeah. and I was hook, line and sinker into it, like what else has been going on? Like she's playing it. Like Danielle Brooks is outstanding in this whole series. Like yeah. she plays it kind of bumbly. And, but like we talked about it earlier too, like, all of a sudden, she's afraid to pull a trigger until Judo Master is about to make the big reveal and just pop in the middle of yeah. the chest. Like, mm-hmm. it was nothing. And she looks shook, yeah. but, like, yeah. she can act now, and I know that now. So at, at, when that was happening, I was like, mm-hmm. mm, did, did she mean to kill him? Did she not mean to kill him? Because she's clearly, like, an ace at this, like, kind of combat training. She knows exactly what she was doing. If she yeah. missed yeah. his heart, she did it on purpose. So, like, what's going on? Like, she's yeah. a great shot. So now I'm just... I mean, call it what it is, because they weren't actively fighting. I mean, they were just right. talking at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was crazy. I will say, before everything you just said, I had written down, like, this end of series or end of, you know, first, first season, you know, prediction, and I was thinking, you know, maybe towards the end, Amanda Waller is going to ask her to do something... And she's going to betray Amanda and kind of become this friendship. She's going to build this friendship with Peacemaker and maybe betray her and, and do something that she's not supposed to. But I think you're you're right. Like, with the things that we've seen, I don't know if she's going to betray Amanda Waller. Like, I, 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 I think I she's know. actually going to, to follow along with what her mom is saying to do. Even though she has a soft spot in this little... She's not as evil, you know, she has this goodness that she she is portraying. Now I, I I those feelings of maybe she was going to take a peacemaker side. I don't think right she's because they're a perfect foil. So peacemaker keeps going back to his dad, and she can yeah. see this toxic relationship they have, and she can see that mm-hmm. just he's making this mistake. But like it's so hard, and this is why you know this writing is brilliant, and she's playing it brilliantly. Like it's such a hard thing, you know to to tell people when you're and call people out and say, this is, these are the mistakes I'm seeing you making, yeah. but to turn that mirror around and actually take that hard look yeah. at yourself and actually do like, you know, practice what you preach. 
Yeah. How much people don't want to betray their parents, and they're in these both ca- characters. Their parents have played a huge influence on their lives and where they're at. So at the end, it's like, are you going to betray them? Or and Mern you... has to know that because no. Mern is the one that was like pushing her toward like. And so as I'm kind of talking and I'm working through this, like he clearly knows that they have this connection about their toxic parents and these relationships that they have. So maybe Mern is kind of pushing her to take that mirror and kind of look back and see like what's going on with Waller. So it's very possible that Mern has the suspicion and he's trying to get her to really shine a light on her own behavior and relationship to maybe guide her back to this crackpot team, as we called them at the top. Waller, I mean, obviously has to know that Mern is a butterfly. That's what I'm figuring, yeah. I I think she knows. Big picture, that she knows everything, and maybe she hasn't told Leota everything, but she's told her enough to get her by. Yeah. Well, definitely, because it's not like White Dragon told Peacemaker everything. You gotta know he's holding some shit out, like, oh, it's the deep state. Like, no, buddy, it's White Dragon. I still can't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> that costume fucking yeah. terrifying by the way and you know he's gonna put yeah. it on by the end of this this season so we're gonna see him oh absolutely yeah. they wouldn't show It'll it be. if they weren't gonna get him on it they made it really really clear that there are some weak spots like yeah. weak spots in it so yeah. yeah also as a moment of levity after this giant like deep dive like I, I did say earlier that like Vigilante's performance was really impressive. He is the one of the breakout stars for me. I don't know anything about this actor coming in, but like I know Danielle Brooks from, you know, Orange is the New Black, so I know she's great at what she does. But this guy, every scene, yeah. he's a scene stealer. And when they're in the prison and yeah. all of a sudden he takes down a whole fucking room, like I knew he's like a superhero, but like I didn't know he was like actually skilled at what he was not doing. before educating exactly. the table of nazis about all of the uh, accomplishments that black people have made yes. i hollered and so rewound it and i listened to it again yeah yeah i i loved it and i really thought that he was goading them to get his ass kicked because i was like he can't have the skills to hold this up and then he not only schooled them in you know black history yeah, their but he yeah. kicked their ass, kicked their ass <laughs> after he schooled them yeah to the point where Augie was begging to talk to the director or the detective. We got information about the case. Yeah, and then he knew like, her okay. name for such a racist. All of a sudden, he's like, I know her name. I need that person. And you're like, oh, now. Now you no, know. You know. Okay. Right. So you're listening. You're just yeah. not hearing. Okay, cool. <laughs> Dick. I really have no love for that one. Yeah. So, uh, Sean, I don't know if this is one of your favorites, too, but with Vigilante, when he came out into the car with Harcourt and sat there and was just like, I messed up. And just started crying. I yes. almost cried with him. I just wanted to hug him. I was like, where is Eagly? He needs an eagle hug right now. I felt yes. so bad for him. And again, yeah. that is where yep. I actually, I was angry with Leota in that moment. Because I was like, you knew what you were doing sending him in. You set him up for that. And he yeah. mentally is not, he's, he yeah. cannot take that on. That that actually upset me, with seeing him that upset. Yeah. I still see him as a good guy. Like, yeah, he, he's a murderer. He killed me, but yeah. I, I yeah, he's, he's a good guy. An anti-hero, like, he like a... role to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got to be honest. In my moment, I was actually a little bit afraid because in that moment, what I got was like a little bit of like he's opening up, and you saw that like actual empathy on Hardcore's face. Hardcore face, but like that's not mm-hmm. her thing. So in that moment, I was like, I really hope that you don't sleep with Vigilante to like create space between you and peacemaker because that's coming into like play and like at this point like Mern is out there being like you fucked up and you fucked up and you fucked up and hardcore's yeah. like what the fuck did i do i'm doing my job but like this would be how she personally fucked over peacemaker where whereas economist put his dad in jail and now um leota actually sent vigilante in there to kill his dad like this is this would be how she personally attacked peacemaker by rebuffing him by sleeping with his best friend. And so for me, I was just like, please, girl, yeah. don't. Like, I know you've had a beer, not enough that you can't drive. So I that is think... good. But then you're sober, and are you going to betray Peacemaker? No, I didn't think it was heading that road. I just thought she was going to be a... I hope it's not. There, there. I hope it's I, not. Yeah, I, I felt empathy, but I didn't think she was horny for him. I think she might. Moment. I mean, she definitely <laughs> knows that Vigilante is more of a badass than Peacemaker, because like, he just got right in there and that was did his one job hands down best scene I, yeah great great scene uh another Mern, one of my favorite Mern scenes in this episode was when he got off the phone with peacemaker and he's trying to tell him not to go into jail 
the directing of James Gunn was just amazing in this point where you could see Mern staring at Economos and Economos looks up and he's like, me? And the way that he keeps a distance between them, <laughs> instead of like zooming in on everybody, you can see point of view from Economos, Mern, you fucking, you fuck you, mouthing fuck you to him. Yeah. And then from Mern's point of view, you can see Economos like, what did I do? And hardcore kind of whispering, you know, it's probably because you sent it. It was yeah. like that, that whole thing from their point of view, that yeah. scene was, I have goosebumps just thinking about it right now. That hands down was good. <laughs> it made me laugh so bad. It was one. It was one of my favorite scenes. I was. I was gonna say. I'm sure everybody else watched it with closed captions on too. But that that part where Mern just kind of mouths yes. "fuck you" to him, and you see it come up on the closed captions, but you can't hear it. I fucking loved it. Yeah. That's like the directing <laughs> in that scene. That was an amazing scene that he that he did it that in that way. It's pretty cool. So the other thing is, I know like the freedom was like very William Wallace. Like Mel Gibson shows up again in, in episode four, so I'm just saying, like, there might be a Mel Gibson thing happening. Maybe because he's also kind of racist. Mel like, Gibson. I, Mel Gibson. Where was uh -oh. Mel Gibson in episode four? There's like a so when Mern is watching TV or watching a movie or something, and he's not reacting at all. Like Mel Gibson is on the screen, and I couldn't figure out which movie it was. Oh yeah, he's watching Lethal Weapon Four. Uh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. the one. It's Lethal Weapon Four. That yeah. Great call yep. out, but yep. yeah, and I was just like, so the freedom felt like William Wallace. This is lethal weapon. Like, I, like, is he trolling Mel Gibson with us now? <laughs> Probably. I hope so. Now I need to dig through Twitter and see if they have some like old Twitter war. I don't know about going on. <laughs> well, we see it again in the next, you know, four episodes. Then now I'm yeah. gonna be looking for Mel Gibson references for the rest of the time. So thank you, Shauna. <laughs> You're very welcome. This is what I'm here for. I'm here for like, is it The Watchmen or is it Mel Gibson? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just here to check it up. This is hilarious. <laughs> All right. So episodes one through four. Anybody have a favorite? For me, four. it's episode four. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, episode three, when they finally see the butterfly crawl out the motherfucker's face and it comes up in the air and everybody's kind of looking at it like, oh shit, because you know, like up until this point, he doesn't know what he's even fucking doing. He doesn't know why he's killing these people. He doesn't know why he's in this situation. And Vigilante, who has no idea about any of this, he's just trying to be a good friend. They're both just sitting there watching this butterfly come out of this guy's face and go up into the sky. It's like... I love that he has it, too. And he, like, blows Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, although yeah. I was upset, because for a second, I thought Eagly was going to eat it and get a tummy ache. And that was going to be sad. <laughs> All right. Pretty good show so far. We have four more episodes. So I know Mariah has uh, her her theories as far as Mr. Mind. And I can't remember if you had another one or if anybody else had another. David, do you know about the, the, the Glenn Ty business card? Like, did you get that reference from like a comic book or something else? See, or? I thought that was just a connection between the girl in the apartment and the mm -hmm. senator. Okay. Yeah. I think I missed, like, I saw her going through the evidence, but I did, I saw that she got the girl's apartment's evidence, but maybe I missed that she got Senator's Well, that, and, well. and when, when the Senator's talking to um, Judo Master, he tells him, go to Glenn Kai and, and let them know. Uh, that's, I okay. missed, I couldn't figure out what he was saying. Okay. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's where he says him to when he leaves, but he never goes there, so... Gotcha. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so I, I missed that, and then the bit business card, which I looked up, but obviously, you know. So maybe that's how the butterflies are getting two people. Maybe they distribute them in the drinks, and then people drink them, and they're getting their bodies. I don't know. But it's so if you Google it, and if you actually watch on little thing for the next episode, yeah. The Glen Tye is the bottling company where they're making that goo. Yeah. That oh. Okay. Okay. Supply. Well, that's good. Yeah. They got something to eat. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. We also yeah. didn't touch on like the whole brother linchpin of the thing. Oh yeah. Oh god, that was sad. I cried. Yeah. Right. That was that rough. Was rough. Yeah, that like, got even, me. Yeah. That was a lot. Yeah. Killing kids or just kids so, dying I mean, out of. Just like just trying to read the room is a general consensus that he killed his brother on accident in a fight, or is it that that's what it looked like? 
So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of got the sense that like maybe it was just something completely innocuous, like his brother had epilepsy and had a seizure, and you know it was something to do. I don't know, like just something, something that was crazy, like his Looks brother had an epilepsy. On him yeah, that's what I, I, yeah. I feel like it's something he, like that, like just something happened and it was like a seizure and he died, but like his dad was like, oh well. Clearly, something happened. See, I was trying to figure that out because I mean, it kind of it started with him him stabbing that guy. So I was like, okay, well, does that is that related to his brother dying? Like, did they owe the guy money, or did something happen there where his actions led to his brother getting into some sort of altercation, and then yeah. maybe later him stabbing that guy in in, in retaliation to that, but. I kind of, I kind of stopped trying to figure it out. I think we'll, we'll see more about that story mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah, yeah. Can't waste my brain cells on it. I'll think about, I'll, I'll watch it as it unfolds. I've been hurt too many times. <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> shit out. Like I said, especially with James Gunn, I don't know if anybody else has seen *Brightburn*, but yes. yeah, James Gunn will kill everybody you love, and he doesn't give a fuck about it. So. He he will absolutely let the bad guy win. So I don't I I don't know where this is going, and if if it's going how he says it is, where DC just kind of gave him control, he'll kill everybody on the show. I don't I don't want the bad he, guy to win. Well, it, <laughs> <laughs> I remember Yondu's funeral. So I good guys don't always make it out with him. Yeah, but Sean's <laughs> face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that ends our, our discussion for Peacemaker episodes one through four. Mariah, can you tell our fellow nerds where they can find us to get on social media? All you have to do is follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Spirited Nerds. Get all the updates of what we're doing, some behind the scenes, the cocktails in advance, all the good stuff there. So make sure that you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. All right, thanks. See y'all next time. All right, thank you.